0: Good afternoon, this is Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and I'm here for this week's five minutes with interview. This week I'm speaking to Scott Hansen who is the founder and CTO of Ambic Micro. Good afternoon Scott.
1: Hi Rich, thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So uh, we did a podcast a couple of years ago when ambic was just starting out um, where we we where we talked about your processor technology mm-hmm. and the way that I understand it the real claim to fame is the absolute low power that you guys can achieve um, before we get into some of the questions that I have, would you just recap um, how that technology works so so people Perfect. understand what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, so AMBIC is the provider of the world's most energy efficient chips, and, and the way we achieve that energy efficiency is by using uh, a design technique called subthreshold operation. So uh, instead of treating our transistors like switches that are either on or off, we, we never actually turn them on, right? And and the way we uh, we can enforce that is by never raising the voltage above the, the turn-on voltage of the transistor. Um, conventionally that's viewed as a, as a regime in which a transistor doesn't work but it turns out that a transistor still conducts uh, in, in this region um, admittedly with a lower current level but, but that's part of what uh, helps us keep our, our power numbers down. So on the digital side this equates to dialing the voltages way down and on the analog side it, it equates to, to dialing our tail currents way down often into the pico range. So we get tremendous energy savings when we do all of this but as you might imagine it creates all sorts of problems for mass manufacturability
0: okay so um
1: that was a very good description
0: um well when we when we first talked two years ago i uh, i talked to lots of other folks and a lot of people said yeah we're aware of what ambic is doing and we're working on something similar you know just stay tuned and to be honest i haven't really seen anybody else do what you guys are doing is is it that
1: hard yeah, yeah, in fact it is it is that hard. Uh, and I think um, we have been, uh, as far as I can tell, the only uh, company out there that's really proven it mass-manufacturable. So it's, it's hard. It's, it's, there's exponential sensitivities to temperature fluctuations, there are exponential sensitivities to process fluctuations and voltage fluctuations, so it's a, it's a very miserable environment to be operating in, but uh, we've, we've certainly worked hard to develop a wide range of, of approaches to manage all those things.
0: What about for somebody who's a potential customer of yours? What do they need to know? What what's different about it you know you know everybody's an arm today so you know is is it any different than any other arm if you're looking at it from the system perspective
1: yeah the 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 quick answer is that uh, it shouldn't look any different to our customers right this is a a microprocessor uh, has an arm core maybe it has a radio maybe it has a variety of other peripherals uh, but it should look the same when they power this thing up uh, and you know the reality is that we're not going to be building a ten gigahertz processor out of this thing or a five gigahertz processor out of this thing where we have performance limits uh, on these processors uh, and so we have to date lived in the in the call it 50 megahertz uh, regime. I think you'll see in our, uh, some upcoming products, some substantial increases in performance there. But, you know, one of the main drawbacks is we won't be building multi-gigahertz processors just yet. Uh, but again, I think that's something that we'll be able to overcome in the, in the relatively near term. Uh, and, and another thing I'll say is that uh, we've, we've certainly had to work very hard to show our customers that this is reliable. And one of the biggest things that we did is that we partnered with TSMC uh, to develop a, a near-threshold version of their 40 nanometer process, and that was something that we announced last year uh, alongside Huawei, who was our first uh, customer using that particular product. So uh, what's been key is is certainly finding good partners, and TSMC has been a very good partner in in ensuring that we're uh, a reliable vendor.
0: Okay, I think that might even be the answer to my next question, but what I was going to say is, um, is there a lot of concern that there's not a second source to you guys?
1: Uh, yeah, of course we always we always get that concern. I think that uh, we're able to overcome that both because of TSMC being a, a reliable vendor, but also because uh, what we deliver is uh, is a really incredible advantage for our customers. So they're willing to take that risk, and, and certainly we have to go through extra vetting. Um, but with each new design win and with each new unit shipped, uh, I think it's it's greater evidence that the technology is viable and, and reliable.
0: Okay. So it's been about two years since we last chatted. What's happened in the two years with with the technology?
1: Uh, well, so when we last chatted, we had uh, just launched our Apollo 1 microcontroller um, that was in a 90 nanometer technology, and, and that product has shipped uh, many millions of units now. We've shipped into uh, watches, we've shipped into fitness wearables, uh, we've shipped into phones, smart cards, smart home devices, all, all kinds of devices uh, with battery constraints. So very exciting growth period uh, for that product. Uh, and then we launched a second generation microcontroller, the Apollo 2 MCU, where, where we dropped power by about a factor of three, we increased memory uh, by a large factor, increased speed by a factor of two, so uh, a lot of innovation went into that and, and that was what we developed uh, at TSMC's 40 nanometer process. Uh, so a lot of process innovation, a lot of circuit innovation, a lot of architecture innovation uh, and, and that has been uh, uh, actually launched uh, that launched last year and has uh, experienced really nice growth in fact that's growing a lot faster than than even our Apollo 1 MCU so we've between those those products and our previous real-time clock product we've we've shipped uh, uh, many millions of units uh, somewhere approaching 25 million units at this point so we've we've had uh, really healthy growth
0: okay so when we do this podcast again in two years what will you say has been the biggest win over what what will have been the last two years <laughs>
1: You know, one of the biggest things that we see uh, uh, growing right now is voice as uh, a user interface, and um, what's really interesting about that is it's uh, it's th- there's two things happening there that are really interesting. One one is that there's a whole ecosystem being created around voice, and I've I've long felt that uh, that. The Internet of Things really needed the big companies, the Amazons, the Googles, the Apples of the world to pull together and build ecosystems that these IoT devices could plug into. And suddenly, with these virtual assistants and with the voice control that comes with them, we've got an ecosystem for all the devices to plug into. Um, The the other thing that's happening is is that neural networks have really made big leaps. Uh, they've made made really big uh, advances in the last couple of years, and um, suddenly uh, it's it's a great tool for voice control, and it's a great tool for the Internet of Things. So I think what you're going to see from us, at least, uh, is big growth in uh, the voice space and, and in the low-power neural network space. Uh, we're already... Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I I definitely agree with that. And I actually saw a demo with um, your hardware running on algorithms from DSP concepts. That was very impressive.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. They've been a great partner for us. We've partnered with sensory as well as some, some other companies. And uh, what's been incredible to me is, is how complex some of these neural networks are that they're, that they're embedding on our devices. In many cases, our customers are doing it without us really getting involved. I've, I, I go and I see the customer and and they're running this incredible neural network there and and so we're taking that seriously and and, um, I think you'll see some uh, roadmap developments that uh, help voice and help the neural network uh, computations along very nicely
0: very good I'm afraid we've used up our five minutes Scott we have to cut it off here but thank you very much for being a guest again
1: yeah thank you for having me I look forward to the next talk (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very good. And uh, hopefully it'll be less than two years. Yep. That was Scott Hansen. He is the founder and CTO of MBIC Micro. And I'm Rich Nass with Open System Media. Have a great day, Scott.
1: Thanks, Rich.